This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, June 20th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. House to debate ag spending. U.S. ready to engage with China. Giving Pelosi some time. And economists rebut USDA study. USDA moving up cover crop harvest date. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has agreed to move up the date that farmers can start haying and grazing on cover crops they grow on prevent plant acres this year, that according to a source. The normal date for farmers who make prevent plant claims on crop insurance is November 1st. The new date for this year only will be September 1, according to the source. That announcement is expected today. House debates USDA spending bill. House members have a long day ahead of them debating and voting on amendments to a five-bill package of fiscal 2020 spending measures that include legislation for USDA, FDA, EPA, and the Interior Department. Now, the amendments scheduled for debate on the USDA-FDA portion of the bill include a proposal earmarking $100,000 for FDA's work on a legal pathway for the hemp extract CBD to be used in food and dietary supplements. Another amendment earmarks $5 million for USDA to develop a vaccine for African swine fever. One amendment to be considered as a part of the interior EPA bill would be to allocate $500,000 to the EPA Science Advisory Board to review the agency's proposed science transparency rule. Critics say the rule would make it more difficult to conduct long-term epidemiological studies. Left out, House Democrats didn't allow debate on many Republican amendments, including proposals to roll back the sugar program and to protect Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue's authority to relocate to USDA research agencies. Also blocked from the vote was a GOP amendment to prohibit enforcement of the Obama-era Waters of the U.S. rule, which is in effect in 22 states where it has not been blocked by court order. For the record, on Wednesday, the House passed 226 to 203, another minibus that includes funding for the Labor Department and agencies such as the Army Corps of Engineers and U.S. Aid. Lighthizer, U.S. ready to engage on China. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer says the administration is ready to engage with China when President Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping meet next week at the G20 summit in Japan. But when a member of the House Ways and Means Committee pressed him yesterday about prospects for progress toward a deal, Lighthizer would only say the administration is, quote, hopeful. As to when the U.S.-China negotiations will actually resume, he said, I can't say at this point, but we're talking and going to meet, he said. Japan Update. Lighthizer disclosed that he'll be meeting with his Japanese counterpart on the sidelines of the G20 summit. Lighthizer made a case to Ways and Means Committee for getting a deal done relatively quickly with Japan on agricultural trade. Because of Japan's trade deal with the European Union and its membership in the Trans-Pacific Partnership, he said, we are going to be treated worse than our competitors. We understand the nature of this problem, and our farmers are going to lose that market. Hearing takeaway, Lighthizer went out of his way to court Democrats on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement during his back-to-back hearings in the Senate and House this week. Mexico ratified USMCA yesterday. 
He repeatedly blamed NAFTA for destroying U.S. jobs and assured Democrats that he wanted to negotiate with them on provisions to address their concerns over drug pricing and enforcement of labor and environmental standards. Grassley, be patient with Pelosi. Senate Finance Committee Chairman Charles Grassley is echoing Lighthizer's praise of the way House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is handling the USMCA. Pelosi recently appointed a small working group to talk with Lighthizer about attending to Democratic concerns with the agreement. He said, quote, I definitely get the feeling that Pelosi just needs time to get these issues worked out. But more importantly, time for new House members to get comfortable with the agreement. Grassley told reporters she's trying to do it in a methodical way. We're just going to have patience until she gets it done. And while we're at it, Grassley also welcomed the tax bill that the Ways and Means Committee will vote on today because it contains lapsed tax incentives, including the dollar-a-gallon tax credit for biodiesel. Grassley's reasoning? Tax bills must originate in the House, so this is a critical first step for the extenders. He said, quote, there's a possibility we'll be able to deal with the bill in the Senate and make compromises with the House. The House bill would reduce estate tax exemptions starting in 2023, and that's a non-starter for Republicans. House Ag puts focus on crop insurance. The importance of the federal crop insurance program will be the focus of a House Agriculture Subcommittee hearing today. The witnesses will include Michael Davenport, chairman of the American Association of Crop Insurers and chief operating officer of Rain and Hail, LLC. Also testifying is Brandon Willis, former administrator of the USDA's Risk Management Agency. Economist Association wraps USDA justification. The relocation of the USDA's Economic Research Service and the National Institute of Food and Agriculture to the Kansas City region will cost taxpayers between $83 million and $182 million over 15 years and not save them the nearly $300 million, as the department says. That's according to a report by the Agricultural and Applied Economics Association. AAEA, which represents the nation's agricultural economists, says the cost-benefit analysis performed for USDA by Ernst & Young overstated the cost of keeping the agencies in the D.C. area where they could lease space for less than they do now and ignored the loss of value of research when highly trained employees leave because of the relocation. The USDA analysis didn't evaluate the option of moving the agencies into existing USDA space, which would eliminate rental costs, according to the AAEA. The group estimates 50 to 75 percent of all affected ERS and NIFA employees won't relocate and says it will take several years before their replacements are hired and develop the expertise USDA needs. Meanwhile, the General Services Administration has posted an advertisement for a new office space in the Kansas City area. The ad indicates the new offices won't be ready for at least a year, leaving ERS and NIFA employees in temporary space with the Risk Management Agency and Farm Service Agency in Kansas City, Missouri. Interior nominee advances. Former lobbyist Robert Wallace appears headed to become the Interior Department's Assistant Secretary for Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. The Senate Environment and Public Works Committee approved his nomination by voice vote yesterday after hearing statements of support from both Republicans and Democrats. If confirmed by the full Senate, Wallace will have 
oversight of the Fish and Wildlife Service. Commenting on cannabis, FDA is giving you two extra weeks until July 16th. The agency is seeking scientific data and information about the safety, manufacturing, product quality, marketing, labeling, and sale of products containing cannabis or cannabis-derived compounds. Well, here's today's He Said It. I am hopeful we will have something resolved in the weeks and months ahead. That U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer on prospects of an agriculture trade deal with Japan. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, June 20th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.